Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Okay, here's how Miro works. See? It's amazing! What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another hundred meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. Hey, everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Amazon Prime has released the first three episodes of Invincible. This happened just a few days ago. We'll be releasing another episode here on Friday. Uh, but uh, all of us have been fans of the comics uh, and enjoy these characters. This is from Skybound Entertainment with Robert Kirkman. You know, I host SEN on the uh, Sport Entertainment Network, which is part of the Skybound Entertainment. So I'm trying to, you know, just, just giving you my uh, honest thing uh, right off the bat. But uh, I, I was absolutely excited for these to come out. It took me a while to get around them because I really wanted to find like two hours where I had nothing to interrupt me, watch them this morning, and now we're going to discuss them. Mikey, I go to you first. You're our comics guy here. What was your feeling about this, over, this overall start to Invincible and how great do you feel or not great do you feel about how they've transferred the comic into an animated series form? Uh, I feel really oh. great about it. I have yep. a uh, I have a, a personal a personal story attached to this. When I was at Sony Television mm. uh, as an executive years ago, I tried to get the rights to Invincible. Uh, met with Robert Kirkman, wow. producer Dave Alpert. And then when I went to Hasbro Studios, I also tried to get uh, Hasbro together with them to do it. And 
came kind of close. Like there's a lot of meetings. There was actually even a couple flights to Rhode Island and I'm really glad it never happened. <laughs> I'm really glad that I failed on that front because that would have been a different kind of adaptation of Invincible that wouldn't have been what this is. And what this is, is despite the fact that they've sort of adapted the story, moved some things around, this is a very, very true adaptation of what Invincible is in the comics mm -hmm. to the big screen. It's actually really interesting because when Invincible was first released as a comic book, it was at a time uh, in like the early 2000s when uh, DC and Marvel were taking themselves really seriously. There was a lot of like really big epic uh, yeah. shattering the universe storylines and Invincible came along and kind of like while being a serious superhero story also kind of made fun of the superhero universe. And it's interesting that Invincible is coming out now because it's almost like now the world uh, or moviegoers in general, the more average moviegoer, is much more familiar with superhero universes. Yeah. Uh, with between the Marvel Universe, the DC Universe, all the movies that have coming out. So it's the right time for something like Invincible to come along. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, I think that they really wisely uh, took one of the big uh, plot twists that was about a year into the comics and moved it right up into the very first episode, mm -hmm. uh, dive, dove right into the story. I think that they're adapting the story really smartly. Uh, and I love, love, love that the episodes are 45 minutes long. Mm -hmm. um, you really, in a, you know, when you're working in animation, when you're writing for animation, when you're doing a 22 minute show, it tends to be really plot driven because you're trying to fit all the action scenes and everything. So you don't get a lot of time. If you, you're lucky if you get like one moment where you can have like a really quiet character scene because you're really driving towards where's the next action sequence? How are we going to stop the bad guy? What are the plot threads we need to do? Yeah. And the fact that these episodes are 45, minute long, 45 minutes long means you're getting a ton of superhero action, but you're also getting these really quiet, beautiful character moments that uh that almost feel like something you're more used to seeing in an anime where they yeah. really do focus on emotional beats uh, a lot and so that's really refreshing i'm just super happy about the whole thing yeah absolutely shannon uh you know this has uh, been an incredible transfer for me personally i've been enjoying it like crazy ripped through those episodes could have kept going i mean i really could have finished this in one day it, and they're 45 50 minutes each episode which is excellent as michael just pointed out but you've got the story of mark grayson this is the kid the, the titular invincible who has to figure out how to be a hero and his father is hiding the secret as michael said uh that uh, they moved uh, up to the first episode which was like he said a year into the comics Pretty incredible to see that as a side story playing itself out while we're also following along as this kid discovers how to be a superhero. You know, after the uh, entire uh, other superhero team is um, incapacitated, for lack of a better term, he joins this kind of Teen Titans type of squad and it figures and is like he's got going stuff going on in his personal life. He's got stuff going on with these Teen Titan heroes and all of that. Now he's being asked to take on more then he should be taking on probably as such a young hero. So it's a lot to navigate and follow, but it's enjoyable to navigate and follow all the different story beats that they're laying out, all the incredible characters and all the phenomenal voiceover work that's being done here. What, what, what's your feeling overall after you've watched these three, first three episodes? So I, I had not read the comic. I knew of its existence. I knew of its existence. The trailers, nothing really grabbed me about it. Like I okay. knew that wow. they had a really stacked cast. Mm -hmm. But in terms of just the, the the beats that they were throwing out there, the animation style, I was like, I'm going to watch it because I know how much you guys like it. And I know how much uh, how, how popular it was. 
Um, but in full disclosure, like because the episodes were so long, uh, I have a bad habit of starting shows and kind of watching them with one eye. So I got to the end of the three episodes. I mean, and they're like some of the big twists. I did. I did text Vogel at one point because yeah. I was like, oh, man, this just happened. Wow. Um, but I got to the end of the third episode. and I'm kind of like, it, it's not it's not really hooking me. Um, wow. OK. But last night I couldn't sleep very well. My allergies were acting up. So I woke up very early this morning. I'm like, all right, let me go ahead and turn it back on. because I know we're going to talk about it. And, you know, truth be told, I didn't I didn't pay the closest attention to it mm. and going back and watching it again and giving it my full undivided attention. I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. Like there are definitely still parts that I'm kind of like on like, like uh, uh, Seth Rogen's character, for instance, mm. that sequence, I was like, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about this part, but I really wow. like the relationship between uh mark and eve like i'm like oh this is a really interesting relationship like zazie beats character uh the scene that they had i think it was in the third episode i was like these are really really good scenes the performances across the board yeah. are dynamite they yeah. are just dynamite i mean jason manzukis is hysterical um i think zachary quinto is 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 doing some really really great work the design of omni-man Mm -hmm. is that comics accurate that costume yeah that co like i don't love the cost like i don't love the look of him he's just yeah. ah, look there it is <laughs> pretty accurate he, he's so like it, it's it's just so jacked jonah j, j jonah jameson to me mm -hmm. and i'm like ah this is so distracting and because it is jk simmons voice who played <laughs> j jonah jameson for all the sam raimi movies i was like this is a fair this point is a, this is a weird kind of worlds colliding thing that's happening. But I, I am, after paying attention to it, um, I am much more invested in the story. And I am very, very curious to where it's going. I mean, John Hamm's White House security guard. Like, I don't yeah. know if he is a runner, if he's going to come back. But it's it's one of those things that I'm watching. I'm like, wow, White House security is really lax in this in this <laughs> world. But but uh, I think John Hamm is is hysterical, and I'm like, this is going to be a really funny runner if this has nothing to do <laughs> with the yeah. plot going forward. That's a, yeah. and, and I think that's another thing is because I didn't the the tone was a, a little difficult for me to nail down because I was like, okay. is this serious? Is this like there are some very funny moments. And then there are some very bloody moments. Um, so it's sort of like, what is this tone? Yeah. Um, but now hearing that it was, it, you know, it came out at a time when Marvel and DC were being very self-serious. So I was like, okay, well, that makes more sense. Okay. And, and what the comic did, one of the benefits, I guess, of, of the big moment that yeah. we won't spoil, but the big moment that happens in the first episode, the way it happened in the comics it's like for the first year, Invincible was kind of this really bright, colorful superhero universe that was kind of funny and quirky mm -hmm. and was like kind of treating the world of superheroes as a little bit more mundane. You know, like they don't they don't deal with secret yeah. identity stuff like, you know, Debbie knows that Omni-Man is off fighting a kaiju and he's going to be late to dinner. Mm -hmm. And it was very much that kind of tone. And so it kind of presents you with this bright, shiny world. And then a year in when something happens that you're like, fuck. Uh, and Robert Kirkman said early on, like he really wanted Invincible to be a comic that was about dealing with violence. And like yeah. with superhero comics, we take all of this epic action, uh, you know, world uh, buildings getting collapsed, people getting the shit kicked out of them. And it's like, a, that's what a comic book is. Invincible, the comic and now the animated series, 
uh, is purposely designed. Like, there's a reason that the show is as bright and colorful as the comic book was. Uh, mm -hmm. They brought uh, they brought um, the comic book uh, Corey Walker, the guy who did, who drew the comics, mm -hmm. actually has never designed animation before, but came in to do the animation designs for the show to make sure it was as much like the comic as possible. And it's bright, beautiful, gorgeous, so that when super violent things happen, your brain goes, "Fuck." Yeah, like I'm not expecting this because it's kind of making a commentary on what we're used to in superhero comics mm -hmm. and knowing where future seasons can go. Uh, the big reveal in the first episode is a huge reveal. It is yeah. by no means the only big shocking thing that happens in Invincible. Invincible yeah. over its 15 year run had enough shocking beats to fill many seasons. Uh, and even characters that you're not sure about, like Seth Rogen's character, Alan the Alien, uh, has a whole lot more to do. And so Robert Kirkman has already sort of teased the fact that they may be doing some pre-production on season two, that if it does well on Amazon, they'll probably more. And they've really kind of taken all these major arcs in the comics and already figured out how to rearrange the story to say that, okay, these season one, these eight episodes are going to be about this reveal that happened. Yeah. But once we get past that, the next thing is going to be this. The next thing is going to be this. And what Invincible did a good job of doing is constantly confronting this bright primary superhero world with the realities of some really horrible, shitty things. Mm -hmm. And Mark's arc as a superhero is navigating uh, what it means to be a superhero in a way that most comics don't have a superhero do. Most superheroes mm -hmm. comics deal with very black and white worlds. This Invincible is a world where you really get into the grays, and I'm yeah. excited to see them continue to do that uh, after watching the first three. Well, that's why I think Amazon Prime is the perfect place for it, just like The Boys. You know, The Boys challenges it, also violent, not as brightly colored, obviously, but a twist right. itself within the first episode of what they uh, make Starlight or do, or, you know, or, you know, what, what's his face makes her do. Uh, all of that, it kind of like the deep, right? It kind of puts you in a place of like, oh, what's this all about? And you've got something that's a companion piece here that shows you that there's a brutality to the superhero world that people, uh, people don't explore or talk about often enough. And I like that they put it on the table. In fact, the first episode did a great job of that. The first 40, 30 minutes, you're like, oh, this is cool. This is great. Oh, so they are going to say, and then all of a sudden it happens. And when it happens, you're like, holy shit, they did this. They really did it. And in such graphic, brutal fashion that I was like, oh, this is great. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is uh, the way it's presented is really well done. I really enjoy the character. Let's give some love to the voiceover people here. Stephen Ewan is Mark Grayson. Sandra Oh is his mom, Debbie Grayson. Shan already mentioned J.K. Simmons is Nolan Grayson. Uh, Grayson Zazie Beats as Amber Bennett. And she's always said Amber Bennett. It's interesting. Uh, Greg Griffin is my Kevin Michael Richardson is killing it as the mall. <laughs> For the love of God, especially in a third episode when they're having that back and forth in prison. Holy Mary. Brilliant, brilliant <laughs> stuff. Walton Goggins is Cecil Stedman. Jillian Jacobs, so great to see her again after having watched Community, gone to that run of Community. I didn't like Love, but it's great to see her again jumping onto this, and, and I'm enjoying her as Eve. You mentioned uh, uh, Jason Manzuka, Zachary Quinto, Mark Hamill popping up as the designer du jour for superhero costumes, Art Rosebaum, Seth Rogen. You mentioned Kari Payton shows up as Black Samson. Uh, you know, we're big fans of Car Kari Payton here. But Clancy Brown as Damien Darkblood, essentially Etrigan as a detective. I was <laughs> a thousand percent excited about this to see how it would transfer. And it transfers over so well. 
He's the perfect voice for it. And they're giving you some storylines here, some subplots to really connect to and watch to see how they're going to connect. If you've read the comics, you know, but you're always wide open to see how an animated series, especially as Mike mentioned, how they changed the big reveal of the first episode. You're, you're looking to see how they make these pieces all now line up as you go forward. Uh, so I'm excited about that overall. As War Woman, she was great as War Woman. Michael Cudlitz was in this thing as well. And Lenny James as Darkwing uh, for the first uh, episode. Jumman Hansu, uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. This is the guy, Gary Anthony Williams, Sean Patrick Thomas. This is the kind of voiceover cast that you on getting. and on and on, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's huge. And, like, that scene between Mark and Zebby mm. as, as, you know, the when he when he has gotten home at night. Amber um, Bennett. Um, no, 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 Mark and his mom. Oh, it's Mark Sandra, and Mark. Sandra, Debbie. Sandra, I thought you said, Sandra, oh. I thought you said uh, Abby. My bad. No, um, like that moment where you have a mom dealing with yeah. a superpowered child. Um, really, really interesting. I mean, like that's that. I feel like that's that's touching on some stuff that I mean I, I, I haven't seen before. I mean, I know it's been in the comics, but just that that whole idea of the the potential of absolute power corrupting absolutely. I mean really really again like that that was a moment that i missed the first time because i was like on my laptop or something um but but watching watching her and steven young going back and forth i was like wow that's this is this is a this is a very interesting dynamic and just mm -hmm. seeing how the whole idea of dealing with a with a with a child who could potentially throw you into space yeah. um yeah. so so enjoyable yeah, directed by Jeff Allen, this whole series. Michael, what are some of the scenes that stood out for you in the first three episodes? I mean, you're you're you know you you show run, you're an animation genius here. What what are your what stood out for you as you were watching these first three episodes? So animation genius, you say? Actually, actually, the 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 scene that Shannon was just referencing. I mean, that's mm. that's kind of what I meant about having yeah. that forty five minute runtime allows you to kind of have these character moments. And that scene with Debbie and Mark, uh, where he does kind of try and step into his superhero-ness and realize that nobody can stop him. And she, as a mom, just dresses him down. Yeah. And then the entire uh, discussion that they have. Uh, but, even, but and to the point you were talking about, John, uh, the mm. scene with Mark and uh, and, and Amber as he mm. beats. Uh, the whole typical, I'm on a date, but I have superhero duties and everything. And, like, the way they play all that, like, it's all, it all feels real. Yeah. It feels more modern. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, it, Invincible doesn't tread new superhero territory necessarily. It kind of treads the kind of stories that superhero comics have told, but it treads them in a way that treats everything more realistically in a way uh, and takes uh, a character's superpowers or the way a superpower would work and kind of turns it on its head the way it does with Monster Girl in the third episode where you're mm -hmm. kind of like, huh. Okay, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as an animation person, just a shout out to uh, the animation in general. Uh, I believe they use this overseas studio's Maven that does most of the DC mm. animated movies. And look, the DC animated movies are really, really good and well mm -hmm. done. I, you know, we've been talking about it on Twitter. I just went through and watched all the DC animated movies that I hadn't seen, and I know that we were all chatting about them, and they're yeah. really well done and really well animated. But with Invincible, you see what happens when you may, when you, I would imagine, are given a little bit of a long production schedule and a good bit more of a budget yeah uh and you can really see like the quality of animation here is amazing and the two main places where you really focus on quality of animation are one 
in your action, obviously, and two, in your acting. Because uh, both of those things are very different and some studios are good at one and some studios are good at the other. And here you have a studio that's really good at both. So mm -hmm. when you really do cut loose in some of these big action sequences where you're fighting an alien army or you're fighting a supervillain at Mount Rushmore and they really let that camera work go and you really look at how they've laid out these scenes and done this animation and you're like, this looks great. Yeah. But then you turn it right around and you have a quiet moment between two characters and you can really see like the subtlety of acting. And so mm -hmm. I think it's like, it's it's the animation is, I, I can't think of a primarily 2D animated show. Obviously there's some CG effects and stuff like that, but. I can't think of a 2D show that has this quality of animation on television. I mean, obviously we have our shows like Clone Wars mm. and some of those other things, but uh, but this is just in a class of itself from an animation standpoint. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoy the the training the training when they're trying to pick out the new team. That was hilarious. The little girl character, oh my god, just genius on so many levels. <laughs> uh, Monster Girl, yeah, just seeing all of that change, like you mentioned, Michael, there is fantastic. Uh, I agree, the mother scene with him. I, I also I think the scenes with him and Eve uh, are very yeah. sweet and tender. You can see this connection growing, but you can also see that he has uh, this almost like there's there's Invincible and then there's Mark outside the suit, and Mark is having this thing with Amber Bennett while Invincible is maybe fostering these feelings for Eve. Where's that going to leave? I love what we see Eve discover in the third episode with Mark and Amber and her reaction to it. That was really cool too. So all of that. And then of course the twist we get at the end is we're like, oh, okay. Where are we going to go with this? Also, there's more to explore here between Debbie and Omni man, for sure. We're going to get hopefully some more background to see what that was all about and see how that came to be. Uh, because I mean, I imagine being married to a guy who can destroy an entire civilization uh, in a few hours uh, has its own, um, uh, situations where you have to kind of put your foot down and what kind of power does she bring to the situation to be able to put her foot down with Omni-Man and keep him from flying off the ledge. And listen, that scene where he punched Mark, that was an awesome scene because if you've had one of those fathers, you know that moment. You know that moment. Oh, you feeling yourself? Well, bam! Oh my God! And you go down and you're just like, what's this all about? And it's about male... Like, but, but that's going to reverberate, obviously, as we go forward and be something that is a touchstone that we come back to. It really reminded me uh, in a good way. You know, yeah. I, one of my favorite scenes in Incredibles is the scene where Elastigirl is on the beach at Nomanasan Island and kind of tells Dash and Violet, like, this is real life. Like, if yeah. these people see you, they're going to try and kill you. And like when Incredibles came out, it was great because like no superhero ever really had the this is real life. And this scene with Omni-Man and Mark where he punches him and kind of says, look, if you want to do what I do, yeah. people aren't going to pull your punches. And it's moments like that or it's moments where in Invincible's first big battle, like he pukes, you know, yeah. he like freezes up and he pukes and like and like him and Eve have that great conversation later where she's like, oh, yeah, was that your first battle? Uh, OK, now it makes sense. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, it was rough for me, too. And like there is a it, it, it's weird it, by taking these superhero tropes that we know mm -hmm. so well, but putting real people in them who react real. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it makes it feel fresh and new. And the boys does it in a very specific way, which yeah. is people are inherently assholes and horrible people. And this is what would happen. And that's what makes the boys so great. Invincible's a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say innocent because it's certainly not that. <laughs> hopeful, hopeful. Maybe. Hopeful. Maybe hopeful is the right word. But, uh, but yeah, like as Mark is stepping into this world, like it's, it's the, it's the simple realities. It's the reality that they took an extended scene for yeah. Omni-Man to explain how they fly and not just say, yeah, we're super, we fly. He's like, the way that our, we, we can bounce off of nothing. Like there's explanations and discussions mm -hmm. about the most typical thing from how we fly to what your first battle is like to where you would get a superhero costume yeah. uh, that is very, very fun. And again, like I said, knowing where every character from Mark to Eve to Debbie to Omni-Man to Alan the alien to Monster Girl to Robot, like, I, like having read the entire run of Invincible and loved it from beginning to end, knowing where all of these characters are going to get to go if we yeah. do get more seasons like i can't wait yeah absolutely agree any final words before we wrap up on this any, anything else we want to say about the first three episodes uh i think omni man taking mark to get his first suit was a very very <laughs> like reminiscent of the incredibles but very very yeah. funny scene that the uh the the, the suit maker that makes prom dresses during the day <laughs> so he can make superhero suits and wanting to push unsold merchandise. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a really funny beat. And also something that's totally applicable to the real world. Like, yeah, yeah you have your, you have your discount rack over here. Right. Right. Absolutely. So much more to come. I'm sure we've got what five more episodes. Cause it's an eight episode mm -hmm. series, which is almost sad to get all three episodes at once. Cause now we only have five more weeks to enjoy this thing uh, for sure. But I thank you all so much uh, for watching the review here of invincible. Leave a message down below or a comment or a like, cause I'm probably going to clip this out. Uh, and remember to subscribe to the page as well and follow us all at our, as they're pointing, follow us all at our social media there. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.